Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Megalolomania. It's getting low, low, low. It's it megalo. Did you ever go to the skate arena? I did. Do you remember the limbo? Oh, yes. The limbo. Sometimes they would play that low rider song during the limbo. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think about. The whole time that I'm playing Megalomania, that song is playing in my head. Just low that horn section rider. over That explains a lot today. Yeah. Because you played a lot of Megalomania this week, didn't you? I have. I've played it a ton. you seem a little ton. more insane than usual. That's why I asked. I'm wired on Megalomania. Mm, Megalomania's running wild. It is. Not for me, it's not. <laughs> the low part is... <laughs> Can you get any lower than where you are in the Megalomania poll? Um, So, Aaron, what's been going on on our site this week on EverythingAmiga.com? I'm glad you asked because, for once, I've had a chance to look over the offerings from our beloved Dreamcatcher. And this time out, the Dreamcatcher has touched a nerve. I've pulled my heartstring, if you will. And he's talking about a game I actually did an Amigos play on some time ago. It was one of my favorite moments in the history of Amigos plays for me because it was me playing the Karate Kid Part 2. This is almost a different story than the one that I pulled up. Yeah, that's 1010. We'll get to him. Okay. Um, So, Karate Kid Part 2 is a great film. I love this movie. Uh, I love the original Karate Kid. Now, Karate Kid 2 is the one where they smash up all the bonsai trees at the beginning, That's right. right. Yeah. Horribly. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, so, in the original Karate Kid, uh, Daniel LaRusa is be- smacked around. What was his real name? Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio. Oh, I always yeah. thought they should have just called him that. That was a much cooler name. It is a good name. Yeah. Anyway, and he, another is a Jersey boy transported to California, a lot like me. He was also like 47 when no, playing this teenage kid. And he, and he went to California, and of course, what happens when you're a Jersey guy You're from... You roll into Cali. You get the beat here down. Come the, here come the beach jerks. Yep. The 1980s beach jerks hone into view. Right. So I've mentioned this on the show, but I'm going to mention it again. I was at one of the Karate Kid tournaments where they were studying up on how to shoot stuff, and mm-hmm. everyone got patches. So I didn't get jack squat from this tournament. I got beat up. But I remember it. I was like, I got to see this Karate Kid. And when I saw it, I was like, man, this is great. Because I was in the karate. He's a kid. You can't tell me you don't have at least one photo of you in your gi. Oh, I, no, I do have that. You need to provide the show with Listen, that. what am I? You know, this isn't the Aaron show. I don't want to hog all the spotlight, but I'm a, I'm a brown belt. Yeah, the, don't yeah. don't sell yourself short. A third, third degree, degree brown right. belt. Coast of Con. So anyway, uh, great. So when the movie came out, the second movie, I was good to go. Right? What you got in this? Uh, Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi, fly mm-hmm. to Okinawa, check. Right? Uh, they go there to fight uh, Mr. Miyagi's jerk. Rival, right? Right. And he's got an even bigger jerk kid. Yeah, he does. So you got an old guy for the other old guy. You got a kid for the kid. It's really a perfect setup. Then you got the hot Japanese girl. Chick, mm-hmm. You know? Do it she, to me every time. She's, hey, listen, beautiful girl. And so, and then you get the backdrop of a storm ridden Okinawa in a military base. You go, and then that's your flick, right? Right. Uh, Daniel's breaking ice. There's a castle. There's a gimmick where he dodges a cannery. 
What cannery has a swinging blade? What is that thing for, by the way? You ever notice that? Yeah, I don't what know. What the hell is that? I don't that? know what that was about. You know, I like to open our cans right here with this giant <laughs> swinging blade. You know, I'm just, it's like the pit in the pendulum. How many people you know? get killed <laughs> at this? At this, no wonder they close this cannery down. Mm-hmm. So, anywho. Uh, uh, I love this movie. I liked it way more than the first one. It had the glory of love mm-hmm. by Peter, Peter Cetera. Cetera. The love yep. theme from mm-hmm. this movie. I love that song. Mm-hmm. So when they made a game of it, I was in. I didn't know about this game until we were doing the Amigos. And I played this game. And uh, uh, the game's not that good. But it's it's there. It's there. some parts are sort of fun. And there's some awesome parts where they focus in with a big, cool, like, animated gimmick of Daniel Sun breaking that ice in that mm-hmm. bar. Remember? Yeah, this was... I, I played this mostly on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Really? So, yeah. so it's the same game? Yeah. It? You know? Uh, and uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Now, uh, of course, Dreamcatcher goes into some uh, other gameage here. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at Way of the Exploding Fist. Another game which I thought was okay. I was okay. You know, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> the hook of death. <laughs> you know? Uh, but... Uh, um, I love this. Good stuff. Uh, I love the movie. I know a lot of people didn't like the second movie. It was it made really? a lot of money. I, oh, listen, man. These are dumb guys. Yeah, I love the second one. Lot of, and the thing is, it's got a nice message at mm-hmm. the end. Because at the end, Chosen's been such a jerk through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. At the end, Daniel-san has him down. He's getting ready to give him the super whamadon punch of death. Yep. And he, he, gives and he has the, the old, old nose yep, job. The old Free Stooges guy. What a jerk. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so he he took away his honor and his mm-hmm. pride. What I love that. Leave him bare naked there. He's got nothing. Yeah. Good luck living in Okinawa, jerk. He had to move soon And your jerk that. dad, too, who was also a jerk, you know. <laughs> also, never been attacked by a tree was in there. Mm-hmm. Love that. So I recommend this. Now let's now he also had another offering up there, boat back up. You clicked on that one accidentally first. This one I did not see come up. Uh, this is the uh, Ten Ten on the Moon. The Moon. I don't believe we talked about this last week. Now, you know, Ten Ten was a thing. Ten Ten continues to be a now, thing. Now I don't know honestly. I don't know Jack Diddley squat about Ten Ten. So for the Fill first for the first nine tenths of my life, I you, thought you look like him. I sort of do. Most people say that. Um, <laughs> I always thought about Ten Ten as Ren Ten Ten Canine Cop, which was a show that was on the Family Channel. Ren Ten Ten. Oh, that you know that's based on the classic series of Ren Ten Ten. Yeah. But Ten Ten is actually a dude, like, not actually a dog. Mm-hmm. And he's this is another one of those weird Belgian comics, sort of like North and South, that we never really got here. Mm-hmm. But they made a movie, a Ten Ten movie that was like a CGI thing that just came out a couple of years it ago. It died a death. Died a death. Well, it's because no one knows who Tintin is That's in the United true. States. If they'd released it in Belgium, they'd be laughing. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, this is the Tintin game. Dreamcatcher gives it a rundown with some with some uh, great shots from the the comics. You know, it's so weird how comics that aren't based on superheroes just never took off here in the United States. I mean, I can't think of any meaningful popular comic that wasn't a superhero comic here. Oh, now let's pawn it. Now, see, now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There's a, there's a butt there, mm-hmm. and the butt is, and you're young. You're a young man. I am. When I was a young fellow, the Sunday Funnies were a big deal. Well, I don't count those as they comic books, though. They do count, because they would get it. Like, you would see a... Uh, a don't ca- tell me you read The Phantom and all that lame nonsense. No, not I'm talking about... You said non-hero comics. Yeah. I'm talking like stuff like Hagar the Horrible. He or, was a hero. Okay. Blondie. How she, about that? Okay. Uh, but I, I don't uh, count the uh, strips. The Wizard of Id. But, I mean, you would, those things would get compiled... 
Uh, okay, it's how not, about it's this not one? The same uh, Bloom the, County. Well, it's really it's the, oh, the, no, the, the answer you, for the win. The answer you're looking for is Archie. No, okay? because yeah, because been around forever. Yeah, but it's a non-hero comic that was very successful in the United States. So is Bloom County. Bloom County is a strip. Okay, what about it's not uh, a Doonesbury? Book. It's a strip. It's not. It, sometimes it's just like two two panels. Uh, Archie is the correct answer. Family to this Circle. Family Circle. Family what Circle. Not a comic. It's Richie Family Circle. That's, oh, oh, there's another one. Okay, Man, there's I'm, another I'm slaying one. you here. Well, you're not really. What about Dot? All those Harvey comic people. They were all losers. I don't know what you're talking Dot, about. Dot? You don't remember Dot? Her no. thing was having a bunch of Dots on her. That seems weird. Well, <laughs> she, didn't, she was sort of a thing. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying. Was it like the It Girl? I don't know what that is. Okay. Well. We got one more Dreamcatcher article. This is about Epidia. Do you know anything about Epidia? Yeah, it's a, a, well, maybe I don't want I thought it was a shooting base. It is. It's a shoot 'em up. It looks like it's got some anime elements. Oh, you know, it's funny. I forgot about all this crap at the beginning. Cause I, 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 have you played Apidia before? I have played Apidia. It's a bug-based shooting game. Mm. And now, <laughs> why did you say it like it was? you knew it was garbage? <laughs> that was a horrible noise. Right? Well, if it's, it's, a, it's pretty good. It's bug. You're a bug. It's cool. I don't it's, like games where you play as a bug. Why? I don't like to feel small. I want to feel powerful. Well, listen, you're killing other bugs. That doesn't mean anything. You're a bee. You got, you know, you got that going for you. Anyway, that's what it is. Mm. I've forgotten about the anime connection. I, clearly, I never got anywhere near this stuff. As I watched the page <laughs> go by, that looks that looks pretty cool. I don't remember thinking this game was any great shakes, but mm -hmm. I like the plot. So there what you was go. the plot? You're a bug. You're a bug. Shooting yeah. other bugs? Bugs are asking for it. I mean, that's look true. at it. Cool art, you know? It's a bug-eat-bug world. Yeah, it is. All right. Go go read Dreamcatcher. And by the way, as I mentioned a couple, every couple weeks, his YouTube channel is full of all kinds of crazy stuff. So go there, too. Absolutely. I, I demand it. What's been going on on the old YouTube channel, Aaron? Oh, Boat, you've been a, quite the star this week in two elaborate productions. Uh, first, you uh, did a joystick... In fact, the joystick is right here. It's right there. Bert. You can show it live on that. on the air. I can't see it right now, but I'll kind of hold it. No, it's 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 there. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're, we're see, on the look. screen. Look at that. It's yeah. the boat. What do you call this thing? This boat is thing? the mini monster joystick. And and the, you, the basic mini monster. You know, um, um, feels okay. I mean, sticks a little loose, but not too bad. It Some feels, people like it like that. It the feels buttons like, are con. What'd you say? Um, they're convex. Convex, which that's no good. Yeah, you, like you, you've never played a game outside the United States where they're all. Like I, that. I have heard. I wonder why that is. But. I don't know. It's a weird thing. You know, it's just like the the ball top yeah. in the United States. We were all bat top all the time. Well, you know, I, I'm, I, I can go on those. I mean, it, the stick feels loose, but it's it's not bad. It it's doesn't got, feel that it's loose. It's got some good clicking, you know, going on here, boat. And so the, this is a your video of you putting this thing. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, you know, I ordered this 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 stick from Monster Joy Six. This is the cheapest stick that they have, <laughs> um, you know, because that's my way. Now these are the, I see these sticks. Someone someone has these as a sponsor. I'm trying to think who it is. I, I know I've seen them. Uh, talk yeah, about Retro Man Cave, Retro the beginning of every show. That's it. That's yeah. it. I know. But He's I've never here in the chat right now. Yeah. So they're look, we're we're we're, we're pitching for you. That's Retro. right. Now, but that so this is the low low end. Make sure you go to monsterjoystick.com/slash/retromancave for ten percent off your Bam, first order. There it is. I just made that up. Oh, okay. Um, so the basic mini monster joystick is 
even though it's the cheapest one, it's still, I feel like it's pretty high quality. I mean, I've done a lot of joystick installs on my various arcade machines over the years. Yeah. And this feels just as good as any of the sand wall parts that I have. Um, the case itself is very solid and you can hold it in your lap comfortably while you play. This was something that I just tested out. I did a little pre-stream before the show this week and uh, I tested out the, um, you know, how, how good it felt in the lap. And I will say it's it's much more comfortable to play this thing playing shooters. I love the Epic stick, you know, the XJ500. Mm -hmm. But the way that the trigger is, your finger gets worn out, you know, squeezing in like the, this thing. You can just go to town all day on, on the fire button. Yeah. I prefer the convex buttons just because, um, I I don't know. Maybe I just dare to be different. But. I know why I don't like them. It's I, I can't. Maybe it's because I've never. It just didn't mm -hmm. grow. Now let me ask you. This uh, dips the switch on the back. What's that? Do? So the switch on the back actually let it remaps up to the second fire. Oh, button. that gimmick. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and because it's, it's, it is long though, and it sticks out a little bit. Well, there, it though. makes it easy to push. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, and do you want to reveal the price that you paid? So for yeah, that? I paid. If you're in the United States, you can expect to pay about fifty dollars, including shipping, for this thing, which what, I felt was pretty of, reasonable. So it's got a little serial um, port connection. Yeah, it's got a nine pin, so you can hook it up to your Atari, your Spectrum, whatever you've oh, got. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So expect good times to come with on future streams with this thing. I think for the price, um, it's a good deal. Uh, I had a stick before that was a six-button stick that I got for a cheaper price, but it didn't have, you know, it's, it's hard to find a nine pin solution. If mm -hmm. you want to play classic, if you're into emulators, this is not a good deal. You can find really? bite sticks and stuff for much, much cheaper. But if you need something that can plug into an Atari, if you need something that can plug into a Spectrum, this is really the most cost-effective way to do it. And like I said, it's very high quality, so I, I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. And was there, did you have any trouble putting it together? Uh, I had I had no problems putting it together except for the fact that I switched the buttons when I first put it together and I had to take it apart and do it the right way the second time. So what you're saying is someone could take this stick, buy mm -hmm. this stick. What would you say the cost was again? About fifty bucks. Fifty bucks, mm -hmm. and they could get this, stick it on their Amiga, for example. Right, and absolutely. Then it's go time. Yeah, because you because go. you can you can remap that up to the second fire button. You can play all of those uh, platformers that are impossible to play with up for jump. And mm -hmm. here's the thing: see how there's a there's a little like connection, like a Molex thing there. You don't have to individually wire each joystick that. direction. That's probably, that's so. probably a pick. You know, I will say, I don't have particularly large hands. Mm -hmm. I'm normal, just normal dude. I could play. The good thing about being a tubby guy, you got the old gut. Put it on the gut, yeah, man. The gut, and the, and the thing is, this thing has a cutout. It's a gut out, yeah, right there. There are times and that you I put miss that my sucker gut. right there, yeah. and then you, and then bam, and so because I wouldn't want to put it in a lap, I'd actually go to work right there. Yeah, just yesterday I was eating some pizza and I missed because I used to come out pretty far, and you put the pizza up there. It's yeah. it's a it's a good thing to have. I will sometimes. say this: if you keep eating the pizza, you're back. That's true. It's, it's that <laughs> quick. You'll be right back with us. That's a good looking. It's a pretty good looking stick boat. Like, yeah, and the thing. Is, I guess if you felt really felt froggy, you could probably swap out these parts for, and play down the line. That's the thing. Later on, if I want to get get creative mm -hmm. and, and, and try some genuine Sanwa parts, it's no problem at all because this is the same shell for both sticks. Now let's let's move along here. Now here's another one I want to talk about that me and you got into, and this hasn't got a ton of views. Uh, it's funny. I insert this too. Our most and least viewed show by far. <laughs> and we talked. We I don't know. We didn't mean to even record it, but we tied the conversation. How about do you the, have this up here twice? Oh, that's the, the live Olympics. version. That's okay. right. And so this is insert this too. Are there any more Olympic heroes? Wrong one, boot. Oh, that's not. And the so right thing. we had a discussion about this last time on the live stream. And I, 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 I've listened to this show twice. Mm -hmm. 
because uh, uh, every time I listen to it, it's more and more l l ridiculous. It is a pretty epic rant that you yeah. go on here, where yeah. you sing the praise of Mary Lou Retton for 201 episodes, and then you utterly destroy her no, in this I episode. No, I destroy her sport, to be fair. I would never destroy sweet Mary Lou. Mm. She's the darling of America. Uh, but uh, uh, if you want to watch, if you want to hear us break down eSports and, and the Olympics and judge sports and the hierarchy of sports, Someone said this was like listening to two of his chums at the pub talking about crap. That's that's sort of what that's us. That is us we're, to a T. We're, we're we're sort of at a pub, the boat pub, and we're talking about crap. And also, we were very inspired by Daley Thompson and, yeah. his, and his decathlon. So I I, I recommend that just because it was a personal favorite of mine. Now uh, this week on ARG presents, let's go there since it's right there in line. The Brent reveals his. Alleged dyslexia, among other things. <laughs> I, I can tell you weren't buying that at all. Well, you totally like, I've never that. heard this, and I'm not. He's my brother. All of a sudden, he I just don't heavy. think he likes to read. Uh, but uh, this week we tackled violently tackled. I think we were tackled by a wall of text. It was Text Adventure Week on ARG. I do a little history uh, of Infocom. You know, I didn't know what had happened to Infocom, and it was very sad to, when I, you know, that was kind of a bummer. You know the way they went down. Did, have you? Well, have you, I can't wait, remember. Did the, you what, say you listened when, to this one or not? Man, I listened to every show you. Well, do. I mean, I don't know when. Um, it, well, the thing is, when you were like, they wanted to put in graphics early on, and nobody wanted to do it. I knew they were doomed because people. <laughs> People are not going to stand for the text only for a certain past a certain date. That sort of wears thin on you. Yes. You know, you don't see too many people producing games now. It's just like Brent said. Brent is right. I'm surprised at how often Brent is right and you're utterly wrong. On I'm these surprised shows. how often you agree with someone who's an idiot. Um, you know, the they could have continued on making text only games. Mm -hmm. But they wouldn't have been able to keep the staff of 300 employees that they had. I mean, they could have... 100. 100 employees that they had. So, I mean, they wanted to be at the top at the top of the pile in perpetuity, but you've got to move with the times. I mean... And, yeah. And the, no, you're right. Listen, I didn't disagree with that. I'm just, but, I mean, yeah, when they said we don't like graphics... I mean, but you got to think, though. If you're an artist that works in, in oils, and someone says, hey, jerk, time to move on to, to uh, charcoal... And you're like, what? Well, if the person that's paying you very, very well to paint says but, that, but, I mean, you might listen to it. If you're them. a master of oils, and then at charcoal, you're like, eh. It's tough to be like, well, I guess I'll go over to some subpar crap. I've never been a master of oils. I wouldn't know how that listen, feels like. Let me tell you something. It feels great. Mm. So anyway, ARG, we do a couple games. And also, Brent picked the... Brent, and uh, once again, he has a talent for picking the stupidest, most idiotically represented game you can find. The one that doesn't work, the odd, and he's done it again with it is this very particular true. choice. It is very true. So, uh, let's go back to the videos here, but okay. a, I think we had a couple more here. I want to talk about... We didn't talk about last week's Arson Sinclair, so we should probably talk about that. We, uh, Dad, go ahead, Bo. Okay. So, last week uh, on Arson Sinclair, we covered the legendary hero to all Britons, Dale... Daily Thompson's decathlon. Roy had trouble getting that out, didn't you, vote? <laughs> so, Daily Thompson, Olympic hero, decathlete to the stars. Uh, his game... A damn handsome man. Yeah. Not mm -hmm. unlike track and field, but however, however... Um, I didn't like it at all. I was thinking about the fact that, you know, this game, all of the events in this are the events of the decathlon. I went back and I watched a ton of Daily Thompson uh -huh. after, we, after we finished the show. And, I mean, if you were going to make... A running game or a jumping game could you make it any different than track and field 
I mean, could you could you represent those movements any other way than waggling? Yeah, probably. If you really say, how would you do it? Well, uh, it depends. Like for example, you could change perspective to where you're you're looking towards the event. You're like, for example, a long jump, mm-hmm. and maybe at that point it becomes a timing game. Like with your uh, uh, instead of waggling or button smacking, you maybe it's like a step step. You know, like in uh, in like a. a in uh, summer games, mm-hmm. the swimming event, the swimming right? stroke, event. stroke. Mm-hmm. Like also, you could do it. Like they, it's funny. They actually did it themselves in their own game. Mm. The fifteen hundred meters That's is true. way different. Yeah. So I mean, there are. I mean, I also. It's not I'm a not total a game programmer. I'm just off, some yeah. goober. So if I can come up with a couple dumb guys, you know, someone that's a genius can be like, well, here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Uh, but that much said, listen, if you're gonna rip off something, like I said, do it a good job. I can't watch Daily Run now without thinking of, of the high step and he does because <laughs> I just watch him. I mean, he really is getting neon, up there. neon. So yeah, that was. I had a, so much fun with the old Daily Thompson. I can't wait till we do the next one. Um, so uh, I think uh, lastly, uh, we should talk about, uh, and we mentioned this last week, but uh, uh, reshoot R. Mm-hmm. There's a video here, Boat. Talk, yeah. Let's talk about this. So this was the dunk, I believe, coming up strong. The big dunk, slam dunk on this one. Mm-hmm. It's been very popular. Uh, this is him giving uh, reshoot R. You know, I don't like the name that much. I don't, I don't know either. what that means. It's like reshooter. Yeah, I get it, but I don't get it. Well, I don't uh, get it either. Splitcher schnicken at that right there. Spiel Schreiber. <laughs> so this was a look at the uh, shoot 'em up, and it's a it's an interesting. It really is an interesting looking game. I know you sort of crapped on it last week. Yeah, I continue to crap on it this week. Why? Because it's it looks like Super Stardust. It's like okay, let's make. But Super Stardust wasn't a scrolling shooter. Yeah, but it's a, like let's take the let's take the asteroids from Super Stardust and let's put them on a ver, or a horizontally scrolling game that really brings nothing new to the table. Well, and I, here I, you I, have you it. You haven't you haven't played it yet though. You don't know that. Well, you're, I've you're, looked at it. I, watched I think Duncan's it looks thing. nice. I think it was a real attractive looking uh, shooter. I think that I like. Look at the beautiful. Did you see the power up was even in 3D and it was rotating? I mean, and or the eye stalk. That's that. Those are clever. They're they're very nice graphics. I don't need to see any more eye stalks than absolutely necessary. Also, the ship perpetually rotates. It reminds me of like uh, if the ship from Asteroids got zoomed in on, and this is what you would get. You would get this is what the actual ship looked like in non vectors. You know, I think it looks real good. It's got nice backgrounds. It's got the foregrounds that are like, it, it, you know, come in and out of focus. I like that stuff. I think you're being too hard on it. Maybe I so. I think you should reserve judgment until we actually play the game. Okay. So there you go. But anyway, the, the, the dunk, the big dunk, it took care of business on that one. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to actually trying. I, I know you're a naysayer, but I'm not. Plus, I want to I want to support the folks that are out there in the trenches making new Amiga. That's stuff. That's true. Speaking of new Amiga stuff, this has been a crazy week for Amiga news. There it is. Uh, this we week, I know Aaron, nothing. I we've know got nothing. a parade of stories. Okay. Yeah. First of all, um, this is this is actually just a public service announcement. Uh, I discovered this. This is the ultimate guide to Amiga PD games. Uh, a couple of people shared this with me. Pixels at Dawn. I think Graham was involved. Maybe Figgy. But um, this is uh, this is a. Um, it's a t- <laughs> what? You know, just you, go ahead and spit it out, but what is it? It's an ebook. Oh, I see. Yeah, I saw this uh, go up on Discord. It's also a printed book. The printed book is very expensive. It's like forty bucks. But Ooh, holy moly, this is like three hundred pages of PD games mm. uh, for the Amiga, and there's a little review for each one. I've already I bought the Kindle version. It costs two dollars. Yeah, good so deal. So this is this is a much better deal than the printed version, although you can't put it on your shelf. But 
I'm finding all kinds of awesome games that I never knew about on the Amiga. Have, have they mentioned the games that we've covered, like I Super Bob Dylan? I haven't come across any of the games that we've covered yet. Rip. Yeah. They're, the public domain scene on the Amiga has to be the most fully fleshed out public domain scene of any computer platform. I mean, there were so many great games. I mean, I've never actually I mean, played most of them. The PC one was pretty fleshed out. Well, the PC one had a much longer lifespan, Yeah, I'm too. just saying. But um, if you're looking to, you know, find some cool sort of under the radar games, definitely check this out. This is available on Amazon. All of the profits made from this thing go to charity. There's a, I think it's a, um, some sort of a mental health education uh, charity. I can't remember the exact uh, abbreviation of the name, but anyway, it's for a good cause. The printed book version, that's just what it costs to have a 300 page book printed on Amazon Print On Demand. So nobody's making any money on this thing. Check it out, it's Who's really, it? really good. Let's see who wrote this, Graham Humphrey, Robert Hazelby, Christian Clark, and Life School. Life School. Do you Life, know who Christian Life School Clark is? Is the general editor. Do you know who Life School is? Uh, I don't. He's one of the main men over at Lemon Amiga. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I think when I hear his name? Girl School. Remember that song, Girl School? At the Girl School. No. Boy, that sounds awful. It is not a good song. No. <laughs> Men Cap is the name of the charity. I can't Thank remember who sang Girl School. It may have been the band Girl School, but I'm not sure. Was it Skid Row? No. Mm. Skid Row would not have touched Girl School. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good bargain, though. You can't have enough PD. Next up, Aaron, you're gonna love this. This is. Uh, this is one of your favorite titles, coming to the Amiga as a remake. Normally, oh, snap. normally we don't cover games in progress, uh, but I wanted to make an exception because I know you love Hero, mm -hmm. and Hero is coming to the Amiga. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So what, what, awesome. did, what did you like about Hero? What did I like about yeah. it? It's just, uh, you know, when it first came out on the Atari straight up, uh, it was just a beautiful looking game. People forget, it's hard to explain to somebody now, but like sometimes you would just look at a game and be like, wow, that's the best thing I've ever seen. And mm -hmm. Hero just looked awesome. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it was a neat adventure game. You were going underground and you had the, the helicopter pack and just and you were rescuing people. Those kind of games, really, I, had, I don't know if I'd ever seen one where you went and rescued guys like mm -hmm. that, it was neat. Uh, it just and it flowed well, and it wasn't. It was not too deep, but it was deep enough to make it fun. We also played the SG One Thousand version of this, and we had a good time playing that too, didn't we? So yeah, we, we've played this on multiple uh, systems. I can't wait to see that, and it looks pretty good there too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks to Indie Retro News for that mm -hmm. tip. Hero coming soon. All right, Aaron. Next up, we're going to talk about one of our favorite channels on YouTube. This is Retro Man Cave, who's with us right now in the chat. Neil. I should watch this. I watched this a couple days ago. So he's got a new video up. This is Retro Key Break with Stephen Jones, uh, his Kickstarter experience and Amiga-inspired case. So this is the guy that made the Checkmate case that basically it, it turns your Amiga into something that is more easily expandable. It's a, it's a new kind of case, right? That's the idea, right? That's right. That's right. And it was based on a previously made product that was from back in the day. Mm. In fact, uh, I believe Steven says that they got the same people to make the plastics or something that worked on the original. Wow. Which I think that's neat. You know, so they're trying, I guess, trying to keep some of the production in the UK or whatnot. But, uh, you know, anytime you get involved, when he started this project, I've been on board watching this for quite a while. And despite the fact that I don't know what I, I don't have, I didn't get in. I didn't have money at the time. But uh, I knew this was going to be a tough one to bring to market because you've got a lot of of working with plastics and stuff like that. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of intricate 
angles involved in this thing. And so you're gonna have to really have these things machined and made very well. And that often involves working with a Chinese manufacturer. And he mentions, he goes in the fact that you've got language barriers and you've got, uh, they're doing multiple castings and stuff. So it could be a real heady. And then on top of everything else, he also put a bunch of extras in that people could order if they wanted to spend the extra money. And guess what? So many people wanted them that it, all of a sudden there's like, crap, I gotta make a ton of, of this stuff. And so it got it got to be a complicated, but this, and like I said, I think we mentioned uh, uh, Steve in there a, a while back because, like I said, he was the guy that interviewed the fellow from Colanto. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, uh, uh, but he he, I'm, I'm all for this. I love this. I watched this interview. I thought it was great, I, and I'd love to get me one of these. And also, it's, I mean, aside from the Amiga, you could put like a pie in there. I could put my atomic pie in there probably if I wanted. To. Well, it, it, it lists the supported <laughs> systems there, and it lists the Raspberry Pi as one of those systems. Yeah. So I'm sure if you put a pie in there, you could put an atomic pie. In oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any idea what this thing goes for? <sighs> I know it was it was it wasn't super. I mean, it was. I thought it was a reasonable mm -hmm. price. Okay, I'll say that. Mm -hmm. But that much said, I didn't have the money uh, to get in on it. But it was uh, and it was kickstarted, and I don't. I would. It would be surprising if he went another round. But you never know how this stuff's going to go. So much like the Spectrum Next, I've heard a lot of speculation that uh, when they finally deliver that product, there might be another round. You never know. I mean, you never know. If you don't get on the ground floor, you don't know what's going to happen. You might so. get on the second floor. Yeah. You never know. Well, you know, when these things come out, people are going to be hot shot putting these things up on eBay for Boku oh, wads yeah. of super Oh, tags. this is right from the source. Retro Man Cave in the chat says, I think he'll be taking pre-orders again in August. Oh, Rick, so you made my day, sir. If you Thank missed you. out, jump back in. Outstanding. You know, I don't know if you had it on here, but I want to mention it before we give up on the news. We're, we, we, okay. If you listen to, uh, we mentioned Retro Hour last week where we had the uh, Guru Boys on this week. Uh, the whole show is about uh, the Vectrix. And you know, Boat, I'm a big old fan of the old Yeah, Vectrix. you are. And, Remember uh, when you showed my buddy Juan the Vectrix? I love that. It was so I was so joyous to see someone so happy to see a Vectrix until it died. Well, it's not dead. It's just a reset button got swapped. It's fine. Uh, but uh, it, it, uh, I love uh, you know we've, we're very fortunate, but that a lot of the people that are, hang out in our Discord and stuff or, or we're buddies with have great material and uh, Retro Man Cave always does, and also the uh, uh, Retro Hour guys. And so this is another excellent uh, retro hour about the vector. So I, I want to recommend that as well. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. All right. Well, the news rolls on, Aaron. Keep on trucking. Because um, it's been a while since we checked in with our friend Low Low Farius, Amigarama Podcast. Low. The Low. Mega Low, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Mega Low Farius. Mm -hmm. uh, he's back, episode 84. Can it's you believe your, he's up to episode eight? I re, It seems like just yesterday that he started his show. He, and it's he's rolling and rolling. Yeah. yeah. Sim City. Can you imagine? We have not cut. Have we covered some city yet on the show? You went up ten octaves there. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Boat. I, I don't recall doing Sim City, but we. But we. How many episodes have we done? Two hundred. This is two hundred four, I believe. Two. <laughs> is it really? Two hundred three. Um, I, I don't know. You know, Sim City. I know you love you some Sim City. I do. It I seems do. like we covered that on ARG. Did you play this on something? I. Who knows, man? Yeah, I, don't I don't think we've covered Sim City. Maybe one day we'll get to it. But if you can't wait. Check out Lofarius's take because I'm sure it'll be better. Lofarius, I'll, I'll listen to all of his shows, and he's great. And he's a jolly guy. He you is know, a jolly there's man. There's something to be said for people that are happy. You know, I mean, it's, I like that. I, I like do a too. Good positive. There's so much negativity in the world. Well, today. you know, the retro community generally, when you have podcasts and shows, people are nice and happy, perky. They're excited. You know, I like that. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hear some guy talk about how crappy things are. Unless you listen to Shane R. Monroe. Hey, listen out. Now let's don't rag on Shane. <laughs> All right. 
Coming up next, Aaron, listen, man. man. There's a ton of news. You weren't kidding. Yeah. Right now, yeah. there is a new 2D game engine available for the Amiga. Oh, okay, yeah. so this isn't news that's necessarily about a specific game, but if you are a game creator, there is a new engine that you can use to create, and this engine is called uh, the 2D Amiga Game Engine. I thought wow. I had a cool name, but it doesn't. Um, and anyway, there is. this is just a, an example. Uh, I've got a linked up here. Uh, the different kinds of games that you can make with this 2D game engine, but it looks really, really cool. So if you are in the market to start a new project on the Amiga and you want uh, you know, maybe a more modern engine to work with, looks like a Zelda type game here, there's a side-scrolling game, check out this game engine. Again, this is, can be found on IndieRetroNews.com, our buddy Neil. Oh, don't you wish that you had the jack to make a game? Man, uh, yeah. I mean, we don't know. We couldn't. We could do anything. Step one, I'm lost. You could do music. We could record it. That's I, it. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I would love that. But I mean, also, I don't know if I could design a game. Like, what would it be? Yeah. I don't even know. There you is know? nothing about game design that I could do. You know, it's, I'm one of these people that just is more than happy to play someone else's brilliance and just spit and just as I drool. Just not. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't have the jam on the brain. You know, Aaron. For the first probably. 50 to 100 episodes of Amigos, we talked about the new Keycaps project on almost every episode. It, it was the new Defender of the Crown. I'm happy to announce that there is more to be had from Ooh, our folks two. over at uh, a1200.net. And this has to do not so much with the Keycaps themselves, but there is a new thing coming up, and I can't even find where it is, but there is there's a new update from a1200.net. I wish that I'd put it in the show notes because I cannot remember there's, what it is. There you go. Duncan put a screenshot to the place that I should have read from. This is a total botch on my part. Um, Don't check back to a1200.net. Check back next week, and I'll so tell you exactly. Can you summarize exactly no, what's happening? I can't even remember what it wasn't. Key I tried caps. to give you an out there. It was something else. It wasn't the keycaps, but there's something new and exciting coming from a1200.net. It's down at the bottom. Duncan, just tell me what it is. Keycaps are pretty exciting. That's those are your now you've moved into the common new Amiga keyboard spec. Oh, it's a, that's right. That's what it is. It's Man. a new mechanical keyboard for the Amiga. Ooh, okay? mechanical. So, Snap. This is a thing that people like to use these days. I've got a mechanical At keyboard on my PC. At some point in the past, yeah, everyone started this keyboard right here. Not good for, enough. Yeah, for, for most of the, your hardcore Amiga fans, not good enough. you got to have a mechanical keyboard. Yes. Tell me, would you be interested in a mechanical keyboard for your Amiga? It depends on what it required me to do with my current keyboard. Because here's the thing, um, I love, I've got an, a, a good friend of mine, good Matt, gave me a lovely, classic mechanical keyboard. One of those IBM. And it's it sounds great, it feels great. Man, get up on that thing, go to work. Like freaking uh, an artist, like Mozart, I'm mm -hmm. one. And so, and when you, if you don't have one, you've got you're slogging around all these things. Yeah, you don't you can't fully understand the difference. And don't give me I've read some comments you made about how the, the mechanical keyboards weren't for you. Listen, don't give me that. This difference between a a, a really solid trumpet, big silver Bach, and some crap that you buy down at the at the, at the uh, junk store, mm -hmm. and you know what I'm talking about. That's true. So, would I be interested in one for the Amiga? Yes. If the price was right, and if I didn't have to like rip it to shreds, I would be interested. I did hear about this, and I was sort of excited. That would be cool. So this is there is no time frame available for this. This is just somewhere in the future. Mm. I think that's an excellent thing to do. I love that. Okay, 
Next up. I thought this is about me. Super hot. There is a new podcast from our buddy Erla and his friends over at Amiga Ireland. The oh, new, yeah? This is a, uh, a new Amiga Ireland podcast. I know that we always like to check in with these guys from time to time. Their new episode is called Super Hot. Those are your boys. Yeah. And, uh, and so they talk, they round up the, the news. They talk about different things going on in the scene. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you want some Amiga news from an Irish perspective, make sure you check out the Amiga Ireland podcast. I listen podcast. to this quite often, actually. Uh, and uh, and thankfully, I can understand the majority of what they say. Because it, but I mean, you know, you know, it is what it is. Do they sometimes break into Gaelic without warning? No, well, no. No, okay. I was just curious. And finally, Aaron, this is more of a PSA. Our good buddy Pixels at Dawn yeah. uh, recently bought an Amiga 600. Excellent. Well and done, sir. I, re- I do remember see reading that. He, uh, he he powered it up, and he noticed that it needed to be recapped. It's Ooh. it's just one of those things that happens to every yeah. it happens to every guy, yeah. you know. Um, but anyway, this is Amiga Passion. This is a service out of the UK, and it comes highly recommended. If you have an Amiga that needs recapped, head on over to AmigaPassion.co.uk and uh, and 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 chat to this guy. He's he's very responsive. Apparently, uh, we've had nothing but good reviews from our folks on the Discord. I guess he does Commodore uh, and Amiga recaps. Um, and I just want to put that out there because I'm sure that there's quite a few guys out there that that need a recapped computer and if you are in the UK or close by um, maybe maybe check this guy out it might save you some trouble when you go to recap these things now I I have not recapped an Amiga but uh, if you you look on some of the Amigas the ones that have the pin anybody can recap any machine that has a pin through hole electrolytic big barrel caps that's not that tough but when you get to the surface mount caps, mm-hmm. oh. And that's the thing. This guy only yeah. does the later model Amigas and that so, have those, those and crazy so things. And so what you've got to do is, and there are several schools of thought. If you go and look at our good buddy, the Huck, Gary Huck. I don't know if he's in the room here. And, of course, or Retro Man Cave, because Lord knows, if you want to see a, a dude change some caps, there's your dude right there. He's a cap-changing individual. But if you, what I like to do with those surface mount caps is use my forbidden tools which I've got access to a hot air knife. You get in there, turn that sucker up, get you a good pair of tweezers, and just rip, 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 pop those suckers, bam, you're out. You're done. But if you don't have a hot air knife, rip, you're not out, mm. you're in. And so you've got to do what get some stuff like Gary does. Everyone's got an angle. What's the worst thing that can happen if you pop a cap off on these things, right? Popping a cap, you rip the land material you rip the pad off right well then you're into a whole different universe of pain mm-hmm. then you're doing land repair you're getting in there with your exacto knife you're skinning the top of that land you're soldering on a new pad it's disaster time and if you're not experienced you could botch this sucker like that no more amiga all right you can you could kill these things dead so a service that if the guy charges you a decent rate just give it to the guy even someone who's experienced i think retro will back me up on this I mean, he does it because he's got a show. It's, yeah. it's important to do it. He show people. But I mean, if you don't have a show, you're some. It's just some guy, right? And your time is valuable. Send it to somebody because it's they're going to do a better job. It's probably guaranteed, and you don't have to go through the headaches to try to do this yourself. It could be a disaster if you if you mess up. I can tell you that from. Experience. Do you ever use the hot air knife through butter? Absolutely. Because that would be that would be my number one thing that I do. Yeah, with have you ever touched the hard air knife? I'm not even sure what you're talking about. It's sort of like a lightsaber of air. That sounds awesome. It is, man. I'm telling you that right now. Can but. you use it on any food product? You can. Let me tell you. You can put it on. Or it's not really meant for food. It's for meant for like melt and solder. Do they have like a food grade version? 
Probably. You know, they've got... You never heard of those scalpels that they make that you they use water to cut the human body? I've never heard of that. It's a thing. Look into water that. to cut the human body. Yeah, it's like a it's like a water scalpel. The water comes out so fast. Where does the water go? It's all wherever it wants. It's water. It's a thing. I'm not lying about this. You know, lasers they're a thing, but water is a thing. You know, so it's also a thing. The air knife is just it shoots hot air in a stream, and you use it to melt stuff. It's 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 an awesome thing. But, uh, yeah, there you go. That's my nickel's worth of free advice on soldering for the day. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's Amiga News that update. Was, that was a thorough telling of the news. And I, Yeah, I didn't even go over all the stuff that's in development. Mm, We're going to wait until things out. are a little further along on some of these games. But if you're at all interested in uh, stuff in development uh, on the Amiga scene, check out Indie Retro News. He's got the scoop, him and Saberman. All right, Aaron, let's talk Mega Low Mania. Mega Low Mania. First of all, let's talk about the name. You like Low Main? I, yeah, I do, actually. I do, too. I had I'm some down. last night. I had and, some Duck uh, Low And Mega Low Mania. Are you kidding oh. me? So, Mega Low Mania. Shorty got low. Did you uh, ever watch the Tasmania cartoon? I Come to Tasmania. Come yeah, to Tasmania. See, those are those dorky geek cartoons. They, they, that, this I, is what you say about any cartoon that was on after you were a kid. Here's the thing. You've heard of Tasmanian Devil, right? Taz. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, right? Yeah. See, he originated in like the 50s. I, okay? I'm aware of that. When you've got cartoons from back then, those are the original cartoons. They've got the same. They got Mel Blanc is doing the voice, and you've got all the same guys doing the production. Those are classics, okay? If, if, if Joe Smith gets a set of markers for Christmas and he goes and writes that picture of Taz and then that's the new cartoon. Those aren't the classic. They just took something somebody else did and they're like, well, heck, we might be able to do something with that. That's not the same. So Batman the Animated Series is crap because it wasn't the original Batman. Where was the original? Who drew the original Batman? Jack Kirby. No, he didn't animate him. The only Batman cartoons that were really were those were those uh, the just the, the uh, Super Friends or something. So those said, are the original. Listen, my point is, you can't just take a, a standing property and just port it forward. You can, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's great. I'm just saying, I don't like it. So there you go. I don't know where we're going here. I didn't like it. So anyway, Mega Low Mania. First year release vote ninety one on this bad boy. Two big discs. And you've got uh, it's a it's a one player uh, gimmick here. So who put this out? You know, Sensible. Mm -hmm. Right now, what are some of the things they've done? Right? They did the soccer. They did the golf. That's right. They, they did the. Did they do Walker? Was that them? No, that wasn't. No, that wasn't mm -hmm. them. You goof. They did. Uh, they did soccer, golf, cannon fodder. Cannon fodder. That's right. That was, that was like kind of like Walker. You want to sing a little bit of the song? Yeah. Never been so much fun. <laughs> Walking to you your go. brother. Wow. With your gun. Okay, you could, that was a big mistake. So, anyway, um, this had the usual suspects over at Sensible taking care of business on this thing. ECS, OCS. Now, you know, here's something that surprised me, Boatster. Uh, now, first of all, I'm guessing you hadn't played this before this week, right? No, never. Me either. I'd heard about it a lot. Uh, a lot. Um, so, get this. Think, look at all the, pe the, the various machines this came out on Boat. Now, this blew my mind. You got your Atari ST, of course. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh-oh. Here comes the FM Towns Marty. Really? You know I love I, It's always a Marty party with me. I love wow. the FM Towns. I had no idea. The Nintendo Super uh, the uh, Super Famicom slash Super Nintendo. There's a DOS port, which I actually looked at. The Genesis slash Mega Drive got a port of this thing under a weird name. The, the name on that one, Tyrants Fight Through Time. 
What? That's what they called it. Oh my god! Pirates. Dash. Can you think of a least attractive name? I don't know. That's not the worst. And then the the final. Yeah, they should have called it Fat Worm Blows a Spark. Yeah, there you go. The final system, the Sharp X, X. sixty eight thousand. So that, there was some. The Japanese were down. They liked some of the strategy stuff. Yeah, they so did. I, I kind of like that. Um, so let's talk about what this is. And I, I like how your first page of notes is completely blank. No, this is for me to write down notes during the show. Oh, okay. It's for example, if there's anything you get wrong, I jot it down. I see. You've used that before. Oh yeah, many times. So, Megalomania, a a very early real time strategy game. Okay. So you start the game, and I'm going to give you my impressions of this, and then you jump in whenever I'm an idiot. Okay. Uh, you get to you start out. You pick one of four gods, and there's an intro piece to this that's pretty interesting. I'm not sure if these are gods. Well, they're 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 some sort of uh, cosmic force. How about that? They're they because they look like they're just like yeah, cosmic, cosmic force. force. So the intro of this it says like basically it it shows like uh, something how planets are made. They're a glass ball that people gather around to enforce. Their will on to yeah. see who's going to be the dominant uh, deity in this area, and people come from all over to watch them uh, like throw down to see who's going to be the dominant player. And so you are you pick one of these uh, these uh, cosmic deities who is going to tangle with another one for control of these various worlds. That's the game you're trying to control the world. All right, uh, so you get to pick from four uh, various. Entities, let's call them that. I don't want demigods. Well, is what they're called in the yeah. in the intro. So you've got Scarlet. That that's the, the lady. I always entity. picked her. Fiery and I'm going to read because I, I typed this in because I like the little description. Mm-hmm. Fiery and aggressive demigoddess. That's me to a T. Of Pleiades. Pleiades. How do you? I've never understood Pleiades. Pleiades. That's yeah. right. I got. Mm-hmm. You remember that game? By the way, it's a good game. Mm-hmm. Too, Pleiades. Yeah. Then you've got Caesar. I think that's Caesar. Caesar, because Caesar's another guy. He's the green guy. By the way, one thing I like is like uh, it, these guys all have a color, and you control the people of that color. That's what the last line is. Like uh, Scarlet controls the red people. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. so I don't know what that means. Um, she's fiery. Well, I mean, I guess. So Caesar's the vindictive and unpredictable godfather of the Trapezuian Mafia. That seems like you. Well, I wish. Then you've got Oberon. The backstabbing and ruthless, self-appointed king of Algol. There's no nice guys. In this no, game. and then you've got Madcap. Who would vote for this guy, by the way? Madcap, cunning and deadly, and Andromedan mercenary of Supreme. I'd like it better if he was an androgynous well, mercenary. There you go. So you pick these guys. Now, from what I read, the di- there's no difference between who you pick. Okay, so there's that. But I mean, it's still the names and stuff are neat. Uh, each play, each level you you play, you start off with an you pick basically an island, a little area to play in. Yeah, you're you're presented with an island that's sectioned into sections. Now you can pick you can several through from from a variety. Well, it, no, it depends. Like at the very beginning of the game, the first scenario no, you've you got, can, you could pick which I like. I could pick. I could pick the second or third at least because that's as far as I went. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever try to pick? I never one? tried that. I did. Okay. And because the reason is, I was trying to follow along on, on the, uh, playthroughs, and so I would try to pick the island they were playing through, so I could sort of go along to understand this game. This may come as a shock to some of you, but real-time strategy not necessarily my bag. But uh, I, I gave it a whirl. So at the beginning of the level, you decide where you're going to play. You decide, um, and you decide how many uh, people you're going to deploy. All right. 
out of 100 mm -hmm. that you start off with. So once you decide how many you're gonna deploy, and you also, then you lay down the point where you're gonna put your home base on this tiny little map. One thing I noticed about this game, and, and please uh, jump in if I screw this up, uh, the, the screen is sort of divided into, into two sections. You've got a section on the left that's got the map, uh, it's got the other people on the map, and it's got like the uh, like what you've got your guy doing. Mm -hmm. And then the, on the right side, you've got a graphical depiction of the area you're looking at. We call it the action zone. Okay. Well, the action zone is effectively worthless. It doesn't I mean, really. It could not be there, and it wouldn't affect the game. Would that, that's 100 percent true. Really? Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. See, I'm not that far behind no. after all. So once the game starts, like for example, the first level, you've got a couple, just a couple grid spots. These maps are divided into grids. You and one other enemy, all right? And you, all you have to do is try to kill that enemy. Let me, let me go back. Yeah, please, go ahead. 95% um, true. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so you, when you put your army down and you're fighting against another army, you may want to retreat. You may be getting slaughtered and you may want to take your guys out of there. So yeah. in, that, in that one case, you do want to. It oh, is you important have to, to be right in the click on that zone. area. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll grant. I'll give you that one. That's true. Um, so what? You've got your pl plot of land. You, the enemy's got their plot of land. What do you do? All right. Well, this game, and and from what I understand, this seems to be a very early version of this. And both you can stop me if I'm wrong. This game lets you decide on how to allocate your uh, uh, your manpower to uh, this to make new stuff. And so you can have you can deploy X amount of guys to make weapons or defensive things, uh, and you've got uh, you can you can put as many or as few as you want on there. So I I adopted the same strategy Boat did early on. I took all my guys and put them into the rock throwing zone. And so my my little caveman. This takes place in different time periods. Uh, my cavemen all became experts in the in the uh, ancient art of tossing a stone at another sucker mm -hmm. to kill them. Mm -hmm. And then once I would do that, I, you can you can take them out of that, and you can put them on the map, and you can have them overrun the other guy, and just beat the tar out of him with rocks, wreck his house, and you're and you you're past the level. Now the uh, difficulty on this ramps up, and I will say I thought it ramped up at a pretty moderate pace. Oh yeah. You mean it's not like you're the second level you go out and just get murdered, you know, or even the third level. Like I would, I could get, I'd say five or six levels in before stuff started going south on me. Yeah, not that, about four or five. Uh, and but it all stems back to uh, gathering resources, right? Deploying your men strategically in a way that will help you. Uh, manufacture or come up with a skill you need for whatever you're after. All right, so let me stop you. There. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna quote the great Chris Folds, okay, learned scholar, scholar. So you've got to you've got to gather, you've got to design, mm -hmm. and you've got to build. Mm -hmm. Okay, one of the things that makes this different than um, most real time strategy games is that you actually have to design what you want to build. So you have to research a thing to in order to get a blueprint. It's like a civilization. And the, yeah, yeah, it's it's That's like exactly a yeah, yeah. And then once you have the blueprint made, then you can tell your guys, I want you guys to make the rock throwing guy. Or rock throwing is a bad example because you can do that without a blueprint. But right. the, a lot of the technologies, the yeah, the slingshot, yeah. yeah, a lot of the things in this game you have to get a blueprint for. So 
the way that this game works is the position that you choose at the beginning when you're picking your um, your placement is very important. And one of the flaws in this game <laughs> is, is that you don't get any information about what resources the particular spot on the island that you pick has. So in a modern game, when you mouse over a section of the island at the beginning, you might get a view of the resources. So basically what you're looking for in this game is more than just sticks and stones. You're looking for some sort of a mineral that you can mine, okay? So um, if you are lucky enough to place your people in an area where you can mine, you actually, before you can even make the blueprint, you have to send some people out to gather those resources. Mm -hmm. For sticks and stones, they'll do that automatically, okay? So you get, you in the, how do you tell if there is a thing to be mined? Well, if you click on the uh, research button, it will tell you, or not the research button, but there's like a little thing at the bottom of the screen that'll tell you like the, the resources that are available. The mine itself looks like a big asteroid pit that, that hits the bottom. So you get enough of the material. First of all, you just have to get some of the material. It's sort of an indiscriminate amount. Um, once you get an indiscriminate amount of that material, then you'll have the option to research a blueprint. Then you put guys into researching that blueprint. Then once the blueprint is done, you have to put guys into actually making your army. So there's a lot of sort of build up to actually just putting your guys down. This is in stark contrast to a modern RTS like, um, like StarCraft, where the first thing you do is you send out your SCVs to gather resources. Once you have enough resources to make a thing, you just make the thing and it's there. Mm. Okay, so there's like an extra step here. And for somebody that has only played modern role-playing games, or I'm sorry, real-time strategy games, it was really confusing. Um, I watched I, your video and, and what you're talking about with the with, uh, resource gathering and then the blueprinting. I could, that was something you struggled with early on. Yeah, yeah, it was just I couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah. yeah, and so but once I got it, I was like, okay, this is cool. Now where the game breaks down for me is that you are constantly having to speed up and slow down time. That, and early on, it's okay. But yeah, that does get you can't just leave it on full blast. It's as much of a part of the game as any other part, and it really takes the real time out of the real time strategy because you know you can speed up time to make things develop faster but you better believe it that people your enemy is also developing those things in that sped up time too yeah they will and especially they will come get you and, yeah and to take care of it. and the thing is the computer is real real good at putting their army down and moving them much more quickly than you can yes. um, the way that you move your army in this game is real interesting you you right click to sort of like tell your army to leave, and yeah. then you left click on another square to put them down. Yeah. They don't march from square to square, no. they teleport in and out, which is... It was confusing to me at first, because they didn't, when you when you try to withdraw them, they don't necessarily just, they don't, you still can see them for a while. Mm -hmm. And so they're not just, so I'm like, what's going on? But the thing says, where do you want to put them? You know, basically says, well, you know, what dispatcher tree, wherever it is. And so you, and then, so the first, that took, that was an early hurdle I had to get over. It's kind of wacky. Mm -hmm. They don't, it would be a lot easier if you just click somewhere and said, go here. And they just march through. Right. And it would be more effective too, because often you'll have, even if you blow up the other guy's citadel or whatever, he may still have troops out. So it's easier if you can, 
if you could tell them where to go first, they could sort of well, through. Well, I understand the, the the reason why they don't have uh, what you're describing. The Amiga just didn't have the scrolling available to be able to scroll yeah, through these play right. fields. What I don't understand is that you have to physically move your guys through each square on the board to get somewhere. That That is a totally useless concept. You should be able to right-click your guys, select them, go to the square that you want them to go to, yeah. click on it, and have them go there. They can teleport. That's what teleportation is. <laughs> So um, this game is interesting because not only are you developing like a tech tree of um, of weapons and things, you're also moving your guys through sort of evolution of civilization. They start out pretty much naked. They've got a little loincloth on or whatever. Okay, later man. on, later on, they've got sort of like robes, like toga type things. You've got pikemen that are wearing suits of armor. You know, you move through, and eventually, I guess you get to like nuclear weapons and stuff like that. Two thousand one A.D. Yeah. You, I know you can get news because I want to What will life be through. like in 2001? Can you imagine? I don't know. I hope a couple of dorks aren't doing some kind of public broadcast. That's for <laughs> they sure. They probably won't start for another 15 or 20 years. You know, this game was sensible through and through. Mm -hmm. You've got all the stuff that they always do in their games. You've got the little guys, check. You've got the mouse-based gameplay, check. You've got the, uh, they, you know, this. there's a little cannon fodder in here. I mean, you've got a little... You know, you've got your little band of guys. Mm -hmm. This was sort of the uh, uh, right in line with, with their business, you know. Now, and it is, I don't know the history of real time strategy. I can't sit here and say, well, here's what came first. Where, but I know this is early on. This is early on, and one of the things that's really cool about it, this is the first, this is the earliest game. This is from 91. I can't think of a game from before this time that had the tooltip system like this game has. I mean, think about Where all. You mouse over. Yeah, think yeah. about all of the games that we've played where it's like Settlers. What I think Settlers actually came after this, but like you have to look up what each one of those little symbols mean in the instructions. This game ahead of its time with the tooltips. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I, although it is, um, and we've noticed a lot with the Amiga. This is a, 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 a almost, with the exception of the tooltips that pop up. It's a wordless game. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, so it's all symbols. Well, there, there's all, there's some spoken word in there. Right, there is, <laughs> and it's funny too. Yeah. It's like uh, the Smurfs or something, or you know, they're getting they have their various little sayings. Uh, and they speak them, so mm -hmm. there is audio in it that's cool. But uh, uh, I'm assuming that uh, it, depending on the language you pick, uh, you will get the all they had to do is basically change those the, the mouse overs. Yeah. And the, so it's actually quite clever. Yeah, it really because is. Because without the without the uh, mouse over text, you'd be screwed mm -hmm. in this. Because well, it, it would be like the settlers where you're constantly where having I to was screwed. Yeah, right. Yeah, it would be exactly like the settlers. Um, I saw tons and tons of cheats for this, including the trainer that I had. And so a couple of times I played with the trainer, and I would just get like, you could have like 500 men set up, and mm -hmm. so you could really go in there and raise hell. What do you think about the, you know, the whole concept of like choosing a starting amount of men to go to each island? Well, you know, the thing is, here's the thing. I'm not, what I knew, I'd read a lot about this game before I even tried to play it once. And I knew that you had you have a finite amount of guys, and that uh, I was going to have to delve them out in a certain way. When you don't know what you're doing, I don't know if I don't I don't know if my strategies were correct or not. I watched your video, and you were pulling 20 men out, and you would go do the thing. 
that seemed okay. Could I have gotten away with putting five men in it? I don't know. Who knows, yeah. And I didn't try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know. Uh, and that, I guess that's part of it. I'm sure the people that are really super good at this game would, would uh, could tell you. Uh, I do like the fact that you can you can make alliances. We didn't really talk about that. Did you ever did you make many alliances? Well, I had player? some people. I had some people proposition me. Yeah. That you have quite a bit. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you go for it? Oh yeah. Then you stomp them. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like that movie. Um, what was that movie with the guy and the girl and like a million dollars? It was the same sort of thing. Uh, at Brewster Millions. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was no. Uh, it was a. Uh, um, what was the movie? It's like, I'll sleep with you for a million dollars. Oh, Indecent Proposal? Indecent Proposal. Yeah. This is sort of like that in video game form. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you know. <laughs> so you don't mean anything then. Um, I, this game had a, uh, you know, I will say, that I read that a lot of people can uh, compare this to Populous. You know, I've never been worth a crap at Populous, as you know, we covered it. I was... I was stinking up the joint. I was way, way, way less prepared for that than I was for this one. This is a much more this I can I can almost fairly competently stagger through some of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, which and let me tell you something. That's a foothold. Just give me a foothold, man. That's all I need. Um, this is another game. I don't. Th- I don't think I had time to really get good at it. I mean, how far did you get into it? Did you recall? There's 28 levels I read. How many? How far? How many levels do you think you got in? I think I made it to the third epic. Oh, so third? I, yeah. I got further than that. I got a lot further than that. No, are you sure you're not talking about the third stage? Oh, maybe I am. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's like five stages wow, so in you, epic. Wow. You got quite a quite a good ways. Yeah. What? Do you remember the time period it was that you were in? I can't remember. Um. That that's pretty good then. Yeah. Uh. The. Uh, uh, I thought the uh, the ability to determine what you're going to use as weapon. I mean, there's a lot of options in here. There's a lot of ways to go, and it's good. It's something you can't just glean and know instantly and figure out. It was a it was a tough game, and I read a lot of people who said this is a tough game. It's going to take a while. I was surprised. I will say for a game of this sort, uh, were you surprised how many consoles got to pour this? I mean, apparently the the Genesis version. This is pretty was pretty well received. Yeah, I'm not surprised because this is not like StarCraft where you have to do a lot of click and drag type maneuvers. Mm-hmm. You know, like the mouse action is pretty pretty basic. Yeah. Uh, so I can see how this could easily be ported to consoles, sure. I was I was actually, you know, again, I'd heard of this game, but I didn't realize how, how widespread the popularity was. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty popular game. And it, and it was pretty well received, uh, uh, Boatster, as, as well. Uh, if you if you uh, if you were surprised by that, so I looked at, looked this over. Um, the people on, a, on Lemon gave it an eight point four seven. That's really high. Uh, looking over the reviews, they're almost all in the nineties. Uh, ninety one from Amiga Action, ninety three from Amiga Computing, Amiga Force ninety. I feel like we're the Amiga Force. We are. We should get like the you know like a like big AF. Sure. Uh, Amiga, uh, Amiga Power 90, CU Amiga 92, Zero, I think they, that's a super vague one, 89, pretty good scores. Now get this, the, the Mega Drive version was number 34 from Mega Magazine in the top Mega Drive games of all time. Wow. Of all the times. Yeah, though. I never, I mean, I, w- I didn't really have a lot of friends that were Genesis people, so maybe that's why I never heard about it. Well, I mean, that, that is surprising to me that, 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 you got, that it got that kind of action. Uh, but uh, it did. Uh, so it was, uh, it's, uh, of course, the Amiga version, like I said, it was very, very well received. Um, 
Do you think, look at these scores of 91%. I mean, did, did you get to play this enough to where you could render a decision on what you where you think you would place it? Oh, this is an A-plus game for me. Really? Yeah. Would you go back and play this? Absolutely. I'm going to go back and play this very soon. Um, the, I Now that I understand the mechanics, I feel like I can be really good. I do wish that I didn't have to deal with the time speed up, slow down thing. Like, I almost wish that they wouldn't give you that option because I always forget. Time management is always my curse. It's um, it's real easy to forget to put it back. Right, It's right. also, one thing I learned is that time, the time speed up, it's your noose. I mean, you could hang yourself like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it just comes down to, I'm in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. I hate the way, that's the thing about it is it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm in a hurry. I hate the way, like you said, the computer is Johnny on the spot, especially well on the levels where I was having trouble. I was scared to do the time thing too much because I would often just get overran. Mm -hmm. And part of it's because I'm fumbling through the menus. Yeah, I didn't exactly. know what to build. Mm -hmm. And once you get something, you get the blueprint, you've got to go back and do I have the materials and all that job. And, you know, yeah, so I mean, this, this is this is definitely you know the 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 role the uh, RTS genre had a, had a long way to go. You, for example, your towers that you build, like if you set a bunch of guys um, just by themselves, they'll build a tower, but it's never spelled out how many guys you need or how long it takes or anything like that. That that sort of stuff is just sort of fudged. Just like when you get attacked, you don't have like hit points for your your tower. It just sort of gets destroyed at some point with enough damage. But this is sort of. I kind of consider this to be like my first RTS. You know, they could have called that like the subtitle. I don't think that would have sold that good. Probably not, but especially because RTS didn't exist as a genre when this game came out. But I mean, if you are new to the genre, this is a good kind of like gets you in the door sort of thing because it is pretty basic, but it's also a lot of fun. And it's kind of, um, you know, there's there's some cartoonish humor that Sensible is famous It's for. got the Sensible charm. Yeah. I think this is one of those games, uh, we said this case, if you were to remake this, uh, and just put a change a few things to uh, the interface. Mm -hmm. You'd really have a, a, a an easy to get into RTS. That would be a lot of fun for like a good like you said. It'd be a good introductory uh, for a dumb guy like myself. Because like I said, I could I actually. It's funny. Uh, I watched your video and I was just like, my God, I'm screwed on this game. I'm never going to figure this thing out. And I actually figured out most of the. You know, less subtle parts of it. I figure I felt okay because I've. Anytime we do these RTS games, I'm always like, oh boy, here we go. Because I don't want to come in here and look like a complete jerk. I give it a shot. I feel like the guy. Not everyone's in RTS games, and I feel like I represent the guy who's not a big fan. But I'm giving it a whirl. And so on this one, for the for those people that are like that, give this a whirl. It's not it's not the worst. Well, we did have some Discord reviews. All right. Uh, Duncan Styles says uh, when I first loaded it up. Oh wait a minute. That's. He didn't say that. Nope. He did. Oh, yeah, he did say that. Sorry. I thought I had my Our Sinclair notes out. Douglas Isle says, When I first loaded it up and died with one hit a few times, I got annoyed at having paid real money for it. Stick with it, though, and you'll get better and better. My biggest issue is that unless you get the power-ups and max out the speed and weapon... Am I reading the right... <laughs> I don't know, think I'm reading the right thing. What I hate thing. it, what I really don't like with this game is when you don't have enough power-ups to I increase think your this, weapon. Yeah, I think that this is from last week's uh, show. <laughs> Let me just skip that one. Let's try Lobsterminator. 
Okay. I feel the I feel the edit bomb coming. Whoops. Oh no, that's that's staying in. Lob's Terminator <laughs> says enjoyable light strategy game that deals more in resource management than detailed warfare. After figuring out the initially confusing user interface with the help of the manual, it was simple enough to play. Yeah. The game adds new features at a good place as the game progresses, so you will not be overwhelmed with learning. The biggest problem is the code-based save system that only saves per epic, not per island. The entire epic is quite a long for a single play session. In conclusion, a fun strategy game that doesn't rise up to the level of a timeless classic, but one I enjoyed and will definitely return to in the future. Eight out of ten. That's what save states are for, yo. Yeah. I played this a lot on the old uh, PC when I was when I had some spare time during breaks and stuff at work, and so I was saving early and often. Chris Folds says. I, had, I describe this game as RTS light. It is fast paced, has a good amount of depth without getting bogged down with interesting, if yet again, simplistic tech trees. You have to constantly be in the sweet spot of gathering, research, and conquer. A great attempt to make this type of game more accessible, but then to fans of the genre, it means lacking in certain aspects. Seven out of 10. Mm. Graham says, Graham Vebke, an approachable, godlike, real-time strategy game, which I have played more on the Atari ST. Boo. He said he was an ST guy. And the Amiga version is as good. It is one of the earliest games I can recall in this genre, and it introduced the technology tree concept similar to Civilization, but similar into the genre. I can see elements of this game that influenced the settlers and populace. Mm, and yes. like us, other sensible games, like Cannon Fodder and Sensible Soccer, it's quite an addictive game that keeps you playing. 7.5 out of 10. And finally, Pixels at Dawn. He loves this game. An amazing game for the time, which I consider to be one of the first RTS games, introducing many aspects of later games a whole year before Dune 2 was released. It even had tech trees just before Civilization. Great fun to play even now with Sensible's inimitable graphics flair and sound samples that people quote to me to this day, nine out of 10. Yeah, it, it, you know, if you look back at Sensible and their body of work, We'll take golf out of there. They were, uh, they had something. They took those little fellows and did a lot with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they really That's did. very true. Uh, and uh, uh, this game does this a lot of cuteness to it. And they take, there's a, the one thing about having guys that are so small is you can add a lot of different stuff. They don't just walk around. They they, they do a bunch of crazy stuff, mm -hmm. you know. And they and they do have the little comments. You know, we win, nuke, blah, blah, blah. They say all kinds of crazy it's stuff. It's all over. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, they're sort of like uh, less irritating lemmings. Let's go, let's, let's go with that. Uh, eBay. Let's talk eBay, Boat. I looked this bad boy up. Now, if you are in the UK, as usual, your cup runs over. But these things weren't going cheap. Uh, I saw them going for as little as 15 bucks and all the way up to 45 bucks. These are sold uh, copies of this. And if you're in Germany, you can get one right now. $45 dollar bill, U.S. Not too bad. Not too bad. So uh, this is, and I will say, I like the box art on this too. I, I we should mention that it's it's it's. A, I think it's an attractive see, looking game. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you whole really? log here. I just think it's different looking. Do you know who Terry Pratchett is? I do. Okay, one of the greatest fantasy writers in the last thirty years in England. Mm -hmm. He had one of the worst um, artists for his covers for uh, for his books. And this 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 box cover reminds me of like one of the early Terry Pratchett book covers. Just there's so much going on. There's there's not really much character. I mean, it just looks like your generic fantasy dudes. You've got the the plain kind. I don't know. I would I would populous. That's a box cover. For you know a what? Game this, like the cover this. this reminds me of. What's that? A European board game cover. That's what it reminds you think me so? of. Yeah, I do. Mm. The color palette is screams board game to me. 
And I think I think it's I think it's I liked it. I thought it was an interesting I thought it was an interesting looking game. So there you go. There are strokes for folks, both. That's sir. right. The world don't beat to the beat of just one drum. That's true. We got some feedback, Aaron. Oh man. Some male feedback. What's what's that mean? Well not female. Like from feedback. a dude? I mean Okay. Um How can we differentiate that this week? Some, I've never heard you it, specify the sex of the feedback. I meant M A I L. Oh, I gotcha. Um, this guy writes in. Yeah. He says, just wanted to drop a quick email to say how much I'm enjoying your podcast. I recently discovered it and picked a few older shows to listen to while keeping up to date. One of the first was the Jockey Wilson one. Yes. Oh, I know this email. The yeah. reason for this is that I am Scottish and I work for Kirkcaldy Fire Station, which is where Jockey is from. Your observations about Kirkcaldy when you were discussing Jockey's background is spot on. It used to be a thriving place, but has been on the decline for a very long time, almost coinciding with Jockey's decline in darts. And as you can imagine, it is a busy fire station to work at, kind of like Huntington's decline with the decline of Randy Moss. Mm. My dad was born and raised in Kirkcaldy, just where Jockey grew up, and my granddad's claim to fame was beating Jockey once in darts at his yeah. local bar. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's like slam dunking on Jordan. That's Stop. right. I didn't take your views on Kirkcaldy as a slight, as I was humbled that you actually took a great interest in Jockey's fascinating story. There is actually another documentary about Jockey that was on the BBC the other week. I'll post a link in the iPlayer, but I'm not sure if we'll work across the pond. It doesn't work. Um, it's called Jockey Wilson Said, and it's another great watch. Though I will try through nefarious means to watch mm. it. Keep up the great work, guys. I am really glad I found the podcast from your Scottish friend, Ian McGarry. You know, Ian, Cacaldi, uh, you know, we really... It's funny because we don't talk about this stuff during the week that much. Like no. We don't say, like, hey, what are you doing? We never speak during the week. And so... Uh, for for whatever reason, we both watched that documentary, and we didn't say, "Hey, go watch this." Mm -hmm. and, it, and we both had the same feelings in our quality, which was it was very similar to the southern coal towns of West Virginia, a beat down like they used to have something cooking, and now they're just basically struggling. They they're just existing effectively, yeah. uh, much like the uh, the video you shot me over of uh, Welch mm -hmm. and War. What was mm -hmm. that fellow's name? The cook Bourdain. Bourdain's video, which was excellent. If you see that on West, if you ever wonder what West Virginia's like, this is a pretty watch good, Anthony Bourdain's uh, Parts Unknown on yeah, West Virginia. It's a pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good view of these southern coal fields. See, our cities aren't this bad off our little towns. Mm -hmm. but they're bad off down there, and uh, so we can really, you know, we uh, certainly didn't want a bad mouth call it. We we can relate, uh, and we're one of the few places in America that can understand. You know, maybe some places in Michigan maybe get it, but I mean, there's not that we, we understand what it's like to have your industry ripped away. It's mm -hmm. brutal, yeah, and it leaves your people uh, naked. You you know, you're struggling, uh, and uh, so I I can understand the plight. And much like a Mary Lou Retton or a Randy Moss, when you've got a sports hero that comes out of there, it, it's something because you get so few joys that come out of your little dirty area. That when you get one, you really hold on to them tight, you know. Like the fellow we had on the uh, America's Got Talent uh, that that won that, you know. Yeah. Everyone gets behind these people because I can't even remember what his name is. I, it's sad. I used to know his name too. It's something Junior. I remember that. Uh, but uh, uh, so I I really enjoyed that episode. Uh, the game that's the best episode we ever did. That Landau Murphy. Landau Landau Eugene Murphy. Right. Junior. Uh, and uh, but that was a fun episode, so that's great. That's great to hear from someone that lives there. I'm glad he wasn't offended too. That would have been. I would have felt really bad. If yeah. It, you know. All right, Aaron. This week, 
last week, two weeks ago. What's it, happening? I, <laughs> what is happening? I think it was last week. The Patreon song. Yeah. Okay. It was Rock Around the Clock. Yeah, that was the most obvious one you've ever done. Even I got that one instantly. Theme from Happy Days. Yo, is that that's is that really what that was? Was that not a song before Happy Days was, it was. around? Okay. It was. Bill Haley in the comments. In the comments. By the way, their guitarist, whoever he is, it may be Bill Haley, off the charts. If you yeah. listen to their guitar work, better than the guy from um Blue Oyster Cult. You never know. Who could say? If, you had, if they had a battle, I don't know. That's what I'd like to see. It's hard to pit musicians against one another because it's all subjective. It is. It is. Unless it's college music. That stuff stinks. Pixels at Dawn was a winner. Terry Howard, Packabilly, Gary Heather, and Edvin Helen. Congratulations. You got the right song. If you know the answer to this week's supporter song challenge, you can uh, email me at johnamigospodcast.com. And, what uh, is the email again? John at amigospodcast.com. Okay. And like you, I don't forget the name of the email address every episode. I know, hey, Brent forgot it last week. Um, I find that I find that painful, that remark, folks. So, um, and if you want to support the show, go to everythingamiga.com slash support or patreon.com slash amigospodcast. Either one. It's all good. It's all good. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to this one. Gary had the free lunch, Kate Fox David, Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobsterminator, Craig McClellan, Timin, and Amigo Retrocast, Counting Virtual Sheep, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man, Came Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Edrable Hero. Howard Nibs, Matthew, Larry Moore, Andy Craig, Sean Zodare, and Lomax calling for a nine. Bachbit, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan Ross. Leaf Kellon, Elan Kebab, Chekote, Level, Lord John Marshall. Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ. The Slow Norris, Steph Elgorn, Sorgorn Martinson, Edvin Helland, Blendo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Falls Dream, Catcher Lawrence Giroux, Graham Vebkey, Lane Denson, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Huckers, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, and Duncan Styles. Tapes from the crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy Humberstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Wells, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjol Bjorn Barman. You sound like a beer commercial singer slash guy selling a Ford truck. Wow. Yeah, that's the voice. That was that voice. I don't yeah. recall what a beer commercial salesman it's sounds Miller like. It's time when you had a hard day at work. You know that guy that they always, they they wheel this guy out. It's some no. old, scrudgy looking. What do you mean? It's you, Miller time? You know, Who says that? You know, you never heard those songs from back in the day? One thing stands clear. Beer after beer. It's Miller beer. It's that guy that sounds like a generic... 
like crotchety mountain man that's singing the song. That's what you sounded like. I don't know what you were singing. I have no idea, but that's what you that's what you reminded me of. That's a crazy slow. It's Miller time. You know, you've never heard the term. It's Miller time. That can't be real. It is. It is. I tell my boss that every day at closing. Well, it's Miller time. That's probably Miller why it gives when you, you go such to the, a weird look. I must be. You, ever, you know what Miller is, right? Miller yeah, Miller. Beer. Yeah, like, it's Miller time. Hmm. I remember a cartoon. This guy said it was Miller time. And he opened a beer. And he was in space, and he goes, and he shot across the space because the beer, the can, and the one guy goes, "It's never Miller time in space." <laughs> See, That's I it. like that there one. You go. I get behind that. There you go. Next week, Aaron, we're gonna play nothing because I'm not gonna be here next week. Oh, we're playing stuff. The Tell 'em Boat. You and Brent are gonna play No Second Prize. That's right. I'll be at the beach. I've played No Second Prize. And I liked it, and I'm ready to go again. I'm going to introduce the Brent to it. It's going to be one of those Brent episodes. Yeah, it will be, because he'll be on the show and not you know, me. I was every time Brent's on, then the ratings shoot through the roof. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's, it sounds like you need a new show for the Amigos. That's Listen, what it sounds he's like young, to me. He's young. He's popular. He drinks Mr. Pepsi. Brent. He's the Brent. Yeah. He drinks 